0: Welcome to Cosmic Asplorations Podcast, curated by the Cosmos, narrated by Feva Cristina. Hello! Exploring the universe in and of us through a cosmic storytelling of astrology. I want to welcome you to this cheeky journey of sensual shadow play as we claim our liberated authentic expression through expanded pleasure and playful embodiment as a new default for living and loving. Hello cosmic lovers. It is so good to be here with you. Welcome to another episode of Cosmic Aspirations. And this is a special series sequence that i came up with yesterday as we are drifting out of the 2023 i just felt it could be cute to reflect on it on all of the lessons that i have been blessed with throughout the year with you it is 1:30 here in norway i just moved to trondheim which is pretty north and it gets dark here in like less than an hour so we're gonna rock and roll if you're listening to this on the streaming services of podcasting i just want to remind you that i started doing video just for fun and in this intro episode i'm also going to be drinking tea so you can join me on youtube cosmic aspirations to drink some tea with me wow that's a big dose I've been actually sitting here for about two hours already in my contemplation, in the silence of the tea ceremony, which has been such a great companion of mine for quite a few years now. And this year actually initiated me into starting to serve tea in professional tea settings. Well, professional, as professional as it gets, like I'm here sitting in my pajamas. (laughs) Um. But it's funny enough, because the word of my year, which I choose every year, well, do I choose it? I feel like I more receive it, which I feel like it's such a beautiful practice that I've been doing for a few years to kind of set the directionality and then allow this word to kind of guide me through with its vibration. And for this year, the activation has been service. I wanted to open myself up to be of service, to love. And oh my, oh my, has it taken me on a journey. <laughs> Not what I expected, but that's usually how it is with life, isn't it? So as I was in my own service space, that tea represents serving us with spaciousness, a container of stillness and silence where so much is revealed, where we give that platform for the spirit to speak through us, for the plant medicine that is tea to reveal to us through its watering of our wisdom, through the watering of our heart that then starts blooming through of what it is that is the most alive in in us right now, what it is that we need to know, and oh my, have I had some initiations through the tea. And um, yeah, one big theme of this year has been deepening my trust in the mysterious unfolding of life. You know, all of those little pieces that we are trying to hold on to for the sense of control. We all know that so well. But how do we truly move with spirit? And it's really interesting how oftentimes in the spiritual development, we start to understand the spiritual concepts through the intellect but it is a whole nother story and a whole nother process to actually embody it. Actually live it in the everyday life. Making it your daily devotional practice. How to infuse it into the most mundane, practical ways of the way you wake up in the morning. Do you reach for your phone? Do you take a deep breath of how good it is to be alive? And even if you reach for the phone, like that's Okay. How can you have compassion about that? How can you do it like you fucking mean it? I feel like so often in the spiritual world we get caught up by how we think it should be. but At the end of the day, it is not about the smooth sailing. It is not about the calm waters. It is about how you sail the waves, how you welcome all kinds of weather that is here to meet you and greet you. And oh my, have I been taken on some stormy journeys this year. And this working with the spirit, being of service, really asked of me, how do you serve each moment separately with this sacredness? When everything is being taken away, when there is no ground for you to stand, how do you lean back for the flow to take you? And so in this podcast series, I'm gonna be storytelling my way (laughs) through four different parts of this year, taking three months at a time. And they are really beautifully themed together. My intention was to keep it kind of short and sweet, but I don't think that's going to happen. And, you know, I'm noticing in my podcasting that my storytelling, hmm, it can be quite sporadic. I can jump from one part to another. So I hope you are able to sail with me and just trusting that, you know, at the end of the day, everything is interconnected and we'll see how we flow. It is that, (laughs) I don't want to say ADHD mind, but definitely a very curious and restless one. I made a few notes to see how it goes, but just the way that I approach cosmic explorations and the storytelling that this adventurous life exploration brings. You know, I incorporate tools like astrology, Jinkies, human design, Akashic records, which for me are all of the storytelling tools. They literally provide a playground for us to embark upon and meet different parts of life and our expression. And that tells us something. It's like this nomadic gathering of wisdom as we embark into the mystery of life. And in my human design, the unconscious moon reveals our driving nature. And for me, it is in Jinky 56 which is all about storytelling. It comes with the archetype of a wandering storyteller. So I would love to invite you to take this series as such, as a beautiful storytelling adventure. In part one, which I already recorded, I've been mentioning Jinky 58 as the Jinky of intoxication in its highest expression. And I want to say, whoopsie, I made a mistake. I was talking about Jinky 56. No, 58, gosh. And the 56 is the one of intoxication, of how to take all of life's expressions, the fullness of experiences in and enjoy the wild ride of life. And so much of that is a part of my dharma and is a part of what I teach and it is a part of what I invite others into. So yeah, <laughs> you know, it's a funny thing because a part of me feels like I have done nothing this year. <laughs> And it's so funny to reflect upon that, of like, what is the measurement of even thinking, like, even the fact that it's like, have I done anything? Is like, oh, where am I still holding on to that productive, patriarchal narrative that only if I do, only if I contribute, even only if I show up in certain ways, was my year worthy. The judgment sneaks into that. And funny enough, if my word of the year was service, oftentimes we connotate service as doing something for another, almost like altruism, which in a way is such a beautiful liberator that allows us to step into our dharma that is bigger than our ego. When that perfectionism sneaks in, which is all about, am I doing enough? Am I enough? Me, 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 me. With service, we're able to transcend that of like, oh, but let me be an open, easeful conduit for spirit to work through me. Let me be the vessel of the medicine that lives inside my bones, that is carried through my breath, that allows me to show up in the most meaningful, the most aligned ways in this world. That allows me to live my designs and my potential. And at the same time, it's so easy for that sneaky little patterning to, to come in of like the pressure that we need to show up in certain ways. What does that mean? It's all a construct of the mind. Because so much of the service and so much of what Jinkies teach us is about your mere beingness. And this year, one of my big patterning has been rooted in that indecision of I don't know what to do, I don't know where to go, I feel lost, my identity is dissolving, my business is bringing me down to the knees, my business structure is not working, it has not been sustainable, it has not been supporting me. What the fuck is even my structure here? (laughs) What am I even working for? And so much of the conditioning of what the industry has imprinted onto me specifically, but all of us, whatever industry that we're involved with, the industry of living, the industry of what it means to be a human in this time, in this society, so much of that falling away. And it makes sense. I've been experiencing a transit of South Node, which is all about releasing the past identities, the patterning, the structures that do not work for us, do not support our evolution. Falling away in my first house of the self, of literally the first house is how we go into the world, how we show up, what roles we play, what identities we incorporate, to take on, agree to carry out, all of that being tested, what is not in alignment with the direction of life that we're being called to, has to go. It's that dark night of the soul, you know, and I've hit rock bottom a few times this year. It has resulted in my nervous system completely collapsing I went through so many bodily initiations that were connected with my health, especially with my skin, the skin that we wear, right? So much of that identity holding. It is our biggest uh, organ, what we absorb, how we are seen, and by our looks, how we are judged who we come to be in the world, what we put out, our looks. And so funny, this pattern of, I don't know, I don't know, going into the victim and the helplessness, please, Savior, can someone come and save me? <laughs> it actually resulted in contracting some kind of an eye infection just now. like I, I literally have it now in my eye. I don't know if you can see. Because I am constantly pretending like I don't know. (laughs) And that's most of what this life is really about. It's about us learning how to open our eyes and truly see. How to remember that we always know our intuition is ingrained in our body. It is a part of who we truly are. And in that connection we always know. When we let go of the need and the attachments of the mind to think to know, which is the illusionary control. When we let go of that control, funny enough, we gain something much more valuable. It's bath, path, you know? <laughs> My Mars on the Ascendant is very impatient. I want to jump through the timelines. I want to, you know, it's that manifestation trick of like, eh, I want, I want, I want this, and I want that, and when it or why is it not here yet? Oof. This year has truly showed me how when you ask for something, there's a process of unraveling. It's what they say, you know, about most of our life is just releasing, shedding away the programming to come back to the core. People say it's all about the ascension. For me, it's about descending back to the root. Ah, it's one of the same. But, oh, you know, in this shedding, we are. with our core woundings. And that's it, you know, this is the way that I approach my teachings and my client work. We work, and this is what astrology, dinkies, human design, all of the tools that I use together with uh, Akashic Records, which is literally tapping into the core potential and wisdom of the soul. What it's all about is bringing us to the essence. What is that core patterning that when we work with the core, the rest unravels? And so we go to the core wounding. And for me, it was really shaken with this sense of safety and stability in the way that my finances crashed this year and the way that, you know, my sense of safety and stability through the constant struggles with housing, with where I'm going to (laughs) live, with not knowing where I'm going to go in three days. That's been a huge one that I'm going to talk about through this series. And, you know, this core sense of safety that is connected to the root chakra, but also the womb space, which is that ultimate home, which is that portal between the worlds, between dimensions, the birth canal of our human expression. And so much of this year has been rooted in womb healing. And what is the womb? Well, it's the ultimate mystery. It is the void. How the fuck do you expect something fruitful to be if this is literally the portal of this solution? Knowing how to be in that ultimate stillness, ultimate silence, the womb of the universe through all of the challenges. That's one of the biggest lessons and it comes with a lot of Grace and trust. (laughs) This year truly humbled me in in so many ways. Teaching me what true service is, it first comes from the beingness. And the rest is just a consequence of your personal alignment. You know, I usually like write down all of these beautiful topics that I want to talk about. But then it always just transports me to this philosophizing core. I wonder if that's sometimes an avoidance because I feel very safe in the concepts. And, you know, this year I was initiated through some new plant medicine and a big part of that was my buffo experience. Which I'm gonna talk in the second part of this series. Um, as I was leaving Bali, this was um, mm, Bufo. It is derived from a toad. It's a fairly new practice. It's it doesn't come with like a huge indigenous tradition like plants as ayahuasca and peyote and San Pedro come, it's a fairly young natural technology that has been given to us. And sometimes I hold, like I hear all of this let's say, judgment or discernment about the use of plant medicine being used so widely in the va- in the West. And I definitely agree that there has to be this core integrity and a lot of cautiousness, or let's say discernment and awareness <laughs> in who is serving, how is it being served, how is it being honored, is it being offered in this ritualistic way, in a ceremonial manner, or is it being abused for a certain gain, because all of this manifestation is gaining, 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 when in reality, I feel like more you release, it's it's what all of the spiritual teachings are saying, the more you denounce, the more you let go and detach, the more you're able to receive. Once we realize that we are in fact one with all there is, then it becomes easeful. It's not about grasping. And so much of this year has taught me to come back into my true motivation, which human design teaches me about. And it's rooted in innocence, in meeting life through the eyes of curiosity. And the not-self theme that I go into is desire. Oh God, I'm really good at desire, okay? I mean, after all, I'm a, I'm a cosmic pleasure witch. I want something, I know how to get it is that the way? It's not the way that I want to go into. It's not the way that my soul is here to operate, to wave and dance through life. A the theme of innocence is a deep breath of softening and relaxation into knowing that all that you need is here for you it is in that deep trust that you will always be deeply provided for and this year through all of the uh, ruts and uh, the pain of scarcity lack mentality my victim she came alive she showed herself for in big ways to the point where, you know, I wanted to quit my business. I wanted to quit cosmic explorations. I, I didn't know how to carry on. There were days when I didn't know how to live. Where I wasn't able to get out of bed. Where I felt cursed. Defeated. So deeply stuck that it felt impossible to get out. But you know... We need to sometimes taste these spaces. They are a valid part of the human experience. Yet, all we do is try to escape them. But A part of reintegration into wholeness is knowing how to be with it, how to hold it. Those are the crucial moments. And this is that, where the sense of innocence comes through. And what I noticed through all of my financial struggles, all of my dark nights of the souls, also in my relation to my family, where new layers were revealed, where new illusions were bursted, where I was able to see how I was deeply enmeshed and how I was still grasping for that sense of safety and nourishment to be taken care of by my family, by my, by my mother, my father. How I was actually keeping myself broke in a way. I didn't know how to. The money comes, money goes. You know, that's been kind of my pattern. The more I get, the more I spend. <laughs> and I mean, I've been doing a lot of money healing this year. And one of the beautiful tools that I've had has been a membership, uh through the House of We by Victoria Washington, which I highly recommend you checking out because it's really about financial healing through somatic repatterning as well as, um, uh, what is linguisting reprogramming and. Yeah, all of that shenanigans, but it's really working with the body and the nervous system, which I think is truly the way forward and it's so much that I'm incorporating in my teachings. And I got this guidance this year in one of the Blue Lotus ceremonies that uh, I need to stop looking for a lineage to belong to. I need to stop looking for external techniques that others developed to ingrain into, to feel more confident and more valid in my teachings. Because when I look at my pearl sequence in Jinkies, which is about how you're here to serve, it's a lot about how you're here to, your life mission, your life purpose in a way, uh, your branding, your career, the way you're here to have this physical abundance, material abundance. This is where we look at your vocation. And it's in my line one, which is about being the creator. I'm here to write a new script. I am here to create something new. And as a manifesting generator, I'm here to <laughs> combine different techniques, respond to what, is, what I experience out in the world, so that I can also birth something new out of it. Also learning that I'm not here for the full fucking process. It exhausts me. As a generator, I am here to follow my, per- my pleasure and my joy. And through that, trusting that, releasing that old story of you need to struggle so that it's worth it. The hard work is how you gain power and are blessed through hard work you receive. It's like, Ugh, give us a break. Not hard work, smart work. Alignment. A big teaching of this year has been that what I've been doing before and I had the mental understanding of it. I haven't had the strength to really change this in my path but like, how often we go into that improving of like, okay, what do I need to change in my life? Yes, important. But the first shift happens energetically. Working with the body somatically to change your energy. And that in working simultaneously with belief systems, like it is all fucking aligned. <laughs> so often we are like, you know, I had a lot of health issues this year. I was like, what do I need to do? What diet do I need to go to? What practitioner do I have to see? What energy healer? Yes. And the first energy here is like, how do I fix this? And the teaching of this year was like, well, first you listen. What is the message here? And sometimes the message guides you into what needs to shift. What is out of alignment in your life. And other times... What I have learned is that the physical symptoms are not always bad, are not always an indicator that something is wrong. Sometimes they're actually a consequence of something that clicked in your body in a new healthy way. And so it starts eliminating everything that hasn't been supportive. It starts clearing out the channels. And even the skin, right? It's the greatest eliminator. And so as I was receiving new patterns of relating, having beautiful new experiences when it comes to intimate connections, of feeling new levels of safety, new levels of depth in the way that I was being able to meet another and be met in return, I experimented with polyamory this year, which you're going to hear all about. in the third part of this series, when I lived in a tantric community in Sweden. To, you know, having this beautiful meeting with a man where I felt like in his presence, I was resting. In his presence, I was healing. In each other's presence, we were healing one another. And really seeing the core of the soul contracts that we came here to experience. And really as you attune to that, as you tap into the flow, let go of control, find that heartful detachment when you are devoted to something to the purpose of the meeting with someone rather than the need to fulfill each other's needs and trauma bonding, which can still happen and that's okay, but the trauma bonding experience, the real question I see is, are you able to create a safe space between you two or three or whatever, but between individuals where you can... Offer the patterns. When you can offer the love, the devotion. When you can offer your expression to love, to greater healing. When you don't grasp for what you think needs to happen and what you want to happen in this. When you push for certain outcome. Release. Let go. It's, it's okay. And this is where that trust surrender and grace comes knowing that when you travel with spirit when you travel with divine when you travel with this deep trust in your body that you are guided and you are already coded with the energy that is getting you where you need to go you just need to learn how to step out of the way continue to align yourself with this force of life and so much of that is in your life force energy in your eros, in your sexual expression and sexual aliveness, your creative juices, which (laughs) through all of the Kundalini activations and all of the plant medicine work and tantric practices that have deepened in my life this year, boom, you know, don't come with just glitters and unicorns and full body orgasms although that happens as well, and it's beautiful. But they also come with this clearing of the energy. And so to hold that trust and awareness in those moments is crucial. And offer all of these experiences back to the divine, back to life. This is what it means to live your life as a ceremony in service to something that is greater than your limited perception of what you think you should be doing and how you think you should live your life and who you think you should be. Let yourself be surprised. What happens when you, ex- when you devote to experiencing yourself in new ways? I mean, this year I had no choice in a way, you know, really being asked to <laughs> dissolve Ugh, all of the ways that I thought... I needed to show up. And that comes with a great deal of ancestral healing and familial decoding, working deeply with past life memories. And, you know, in this series of softening, which is what gene keys teach us that awakening is, I have been working with this archetype of a warrior. Which I encountered through my dreams. I had. Did I talk about this? I think I talked about this in a podcast with Eva called No Bullshit Living, which you can see in the previous Cosmic Explorations podcast episodes. But this warrior archetype, which is constantly on the run, constantly in a survival mode, constantly fighting for life. You know, and this year really pulled all of the rugs where I've been still striving for that external safety and not really rooting in the the only stable sense of safety that is there, which is, in my experience, for me, our connection to the divine. And so this warrior that's been fighting for life, not allowing me to rest, not allowing me to slow down, constantly being in this stress, fight or fight or freeze, because ultimately it becomes overwhelming. (sighs) Instead of just taking care of it with love, I needed to let it die. As a Scorpio rising, so much of my life experience is in learning how to die gloriously and gracefully. And actually being here up north, moving from Bali, which is so much of this feminine potency, so much of this healing energy that kicks your fucking ass (laughs) and lifts up all your karma for you to be ksh, ksh, ksh. it's like a woof what an initiation but in a way it kind of softened me not only softened me but actually it, it brought up all of the patterns of powerlessness and helplessness the immature feminine that just yeah I don't know I need to be taken care of waiting for my savior <sighs> And then going to the other side of the extreme, the extreme far north with cold, the harshness of winter conditions, to reconnect with the sacred warrior, one that doesn't run, one that doesn't chase, one that doesn't fight, one that stands, not afraid of the death. This is the Viking medicine, the Viking strength. Not being afraid of that, because you know that that is just an illusion. That is just a transition. So I was guided into building this resilience, and I will talk more about it in the fourth part of this series. The sacred warrior of love that knows what is his or her fight. and ultimately awakens to the fact that there is no fighting. But as a Libra, I'm really learning through finding balance in the energy of the extremes. And this is what Buffo really initiated me into. Learning how life is just a series of paradoxes. And it's not about coming to a point of nothing's ever happening and nothing's ever knocking you down. But in finding pleasure, joy, and playfulness as you experience these different colors of life. And um, I'm in my Saturn return. It started this year. And oh boy, it has been... Ugh, shoo. really mature asking me to mature which Saturn return is. It's one of the biggest transits that we experience in our lifetime, and it always happens around twenty eight twenty nine thirty it when the transiting Saturn comes back into the house and sign where which is what where it was when you were born. And for me, it falls in Placidus' system in the fourth house of family and roots. So a lot of this ancestral womb healing has been happening, as well as my childhood conditioning, my relationship with my family. And this year I've done Family Constellation, which has been a beautiful, beautiful new lens of looking at my upbringing and all of the patterning that I hold from my relationship with my parents, as well as the epigenetics, which is the way that our, you know, (laughs) genes are expressing, because the way that in my um, integrative somatic trauma therapy training that I'm currently doing, the genes are explained as the piano, like these these are the notes that you are given but then the epigenetics is the energy that drives your hand of how it plays it and it's something that is being that is can be shifted as we heal our traumas as we heal this patterning as we bring consciousness awareness love to it and one of the big transitions that happened in the way that i I'm now able to work with this ancestral inheritance where we so often see all of the lack, all of the struggle that we have inherited, right? Because there has been, well, I mean, looking back a few hundreds of years, the conditions of living were really fucking hard. (laughs) And that they live in our bodies and our wombs carry that. But our wombs, energetic or physical, they are also the portal of transmutation. So a practice of bringing this patterning through the portal of the womb, ending your day by washing your energy down into the womb to be circulated, transported, not transported, um, yeah, transported back into the source, that which doesn't serve, that which has no space in your energy field, but then also transformed and transmuted into what supports you. It's one of the practices that I've been doing, and perhaps it's something that you want to bring into your life as well. But also this understanding that my heritage, my ancestral patterning—it's not only a burden. My mom's patternings, oh, which is a big theme of this life, seeing her stuck and then mashing into that in that childish—not childish, but like just childish frame of no, you need to be okay so I can be okay. And I'm trying to parent my parents and <laughs> trying to save my parents, which is not my responsibility and it's not my role as a child, letting that go and instead of feeling burdened by my epigenetics, by my family history, which has been quite nasty <laughs> and beautiful seeing it as a strength and a source of power even to stay so fucking stuck in a certain cycle it takes an immense energy (laughs) if the nature of life is flow if the nature of life is transformation it takes a lot of fucking energy to stay stuck in the old patterns and so imagine when you take That reservoir that you've been holding and hoarding and keeping stuck in your body. When you allow it to blast out and open, imagine the force it ripples out. Imagine the transformation, the cracking of the illusions, the cracking of the struggles and the pain that it is able to release. And this is how we work with the energy in cosmic explorations. And this has also guided me, you know, to anchor more deeply and bring myself into deeper integrity with conscious drama club and sensual shadow play that I've been preaching and waving through my practices for quite a long time now. And at the same time, you know, there are layers upon layers upon layers. They say you become a master of something as you teach it. You can become you become master of something as you practice it, and it's an ongoing journey. <sighs> so yeah. Let me see what else I want to bring through. Well, there's been so much. Um, maybe this is a opportunity for all of us to take a deep breath as i recenter and see how i what is kind of the mm, of the pro 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 of this part of the storytelling yeah i think i want to invite you to yeah really feel in your body how this transition, this transmission has found you, what it has activated in your life, in your body, and how is it revealing in your life. That is what I wanted to say. Mm. And as we journey through this four-part series, I promise it's going to be juicy. And it's like really revealing the core of me, you know? Because I noticed that this is what people value and sometimes I can switch between my secretive hermit archetype and Scorpio energy that wants to be exclusive and also feeling myself as a very open book, like my Scorpio, yes, it comes with like a little bit of like, "Mm, can't touch this, (laughs) which is good. The discernment of who has access to my energy, of our energy, is so important. Especially learning from my jinkies, which is another story that I have really deepened this year, and I'm going to be talking a lot about in this series. The jinky of radiance, which shows you how to stay in your well-being, in your health, in your radiance, in your shine and magnetism. I have jinky 52 there, where the shadow is stress. Stress, and then in my purpose, jinky of 58, the shadow of dissatisfaction. I've been working a lot with these themes. And a breakthrough happened when I realized through Jinkies that, you know, stress is really a collective pleasure that we take in and internalize. And so... Being aware of the energies that we're consuming, what we're consuming through food, through news, through the people that we hang out with, the thoughts that we think, the stories that we tell ourselves, the way we move the energy in our bodies is really, really crucial. Mm. And so we're moving. Uh Yeah. (laughs) We're moving into the closure of this intro with another lesson that I learned this year. I mean, it's not like I learned, you know, it's one of those learnings that you know. And this has very much been my buffo experience of like all of the spiritual teachings and philosophies that I understood intellectually got voom, like flown into my body. And a big lesson that I definitely was not practicing for the majority of the year was in grounding and the importance of closing portals, closing, completing processes. How do you end something is as important as how you begin. And so I want to end this chapter by taking a few deep breaths with you. Wherever you are, if maybe you want to wiggle your body, shake, stretch, take a deep breath. Feeling your feet on the ground or your sit bones on Mother Earth. On the surface beneath you. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Feeling that magnetism of the earth. How it corresponds with your body. Taking a deep breath from the earth. And feeling her energy entering your body. (sighs) Washing over you. And then ah, releasing, receiving the rain of light from above this beautiful sinistry, the flow between the earth and the heavens above that meet in the vessel of your body, in the center of your heart, Mm, the well of unconditional love. So bringing your awareness to the center of your heart, taking another breath, filling it up with light, ah, exhaling it into the space. It's like one of my gurus, the YouTube yoga teacher, Adrian, <laughs> says, inhale love, exhale love.